Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Good morning. How are you all doing? We good? We're just going to step over. Can you open my laptop for me? Because uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't. Too slow. There we go. Sorry. This is good, this, isn't Cut it? Cutting strong. Hey, thanks, Ben. How are we all doing this morning? So good to have so many people in the room, whether you're here. Thank you. Look at this. Thank you. <laughs> That's what we want. We want to share. Watch my water with your laptop. So good to see so many people here. And if you're watching online, it's fantastic to have you uh, here. Today, we are preaching as a couple. We've never done this before. Josh and Katie, we are married. We're not just two random people trying to do this together. <laughs> uh, this is the first time that we've ever done this as a married couple. We did a youth thing once before we were married. And that was just a bit of a Q&A. But this is the first time we're preaching together. We are covering a topic today that is really close to our heart, something that we're really passionate about. We both love to be hospitable. We both love to entertain people at our home. In fact, one of the things we love doing is getting groups of random people around who don't always know each other. We don't know them particularly well. They don't know the other people particularly well. Get them in the room together and see what happens. Just introduce them to new people. Some of you in this room are thinking, ah, oh, that's what that was. Right. That's why you invited me around. That, that was me, yeah. Well, when we do this, we benefit. We don't do it for our own benefit particularly, but we, there is always a benefit of doing that. Some of our greatest friendships have come out of those situations of inviting strangers into our life, into our home, and discovering some great friends as a result of it. Early on in our marriage, we, uh, we used to live in a little one-bed flat in the center of Cambridge. It was tiny, uh, but this didn't stop us. We would pack people in there. We've got some fantastic photos of Connect Group in there. You know, like 13 people in a real tiny lounge just rammed in there just because we love enter. That was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, yeah. <laughs> uh, COVID didn't exist then, literally. Uh, we used to fill our weeks up with so much entertaining that we wouldn't even have time for each other. We, we, we hadn't discovered this magical, mythical thing called a diary. We just didn't know what it was. And we had to work out how to actually uh, diarize our marriage in, <laughs> so that we would see each other. And uh, we believe that we might be an extreme case. You know, we really love to entertain. But we believe that there's a principle behind this that is important for us as Christians. It might not look exactly like we do. We are both extroverts, so we end up like around people all the time. We have to find times when we're not with people, otherwise we will just do that. But today our, our topic that we really want to unpack is this, how to keep open house. How to keep open house. In the UK alone, it is believed that one in 10 of the UK population struggles to afford food. This week, you will have met people who are hungry. You'll have traveled on a train, met someone in a shop, walked down your street, spoken to a person in a queue, or simply just seen someone somewhere. They'll be in need, and they'll be going hungry. 
In a recent survey on loneliness, 7.2% of the population, that's 3.7 million adults, consider themselves lonely. People are lonely. We, the UK, plan to spend 190 billion in 2021 and 22 on the NHS. People with illnesses, mental and physical health needs, they surround us. As of January 2022, the UK prison population was 79,086 prisoners. And this is expected to rise to 98,500 by 2027. It is a well-documented issue, particularly through the COVID-19 pandemic, that prisons are overcrowded. These are the words of Jesus in Matthew 25. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Another perspective on this is found in Proverbs 11, 24 to 26. This is the NIV version. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. In our house, we're uh, big fans of how the message paraphrase puts this. Uh, we, we will often say this to each other just randomly if we're you know, struggling to be generous. And we'll say, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. This is an important part of our faith. We are called to be a generous people. Keeping open house is being generous with what you've been given. It's being generous with what you've been given. Katie's going to continue to unpack how we can practically do this. Okay, I've got three steps, practical things that I think we can do to do this well. So firstly... Keep open house even when you don't feel like it. Even when you don't feel like it. This is how the message paraphrase puts Matthew 5. It says, here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I have put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up to God, this generous Father in heaven. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. I want to tell you a secret. I don't always want to do this. (laughs) I don't always want to do this. And for me, especially since more recently having a second child and my world feeling like it's got a little bit smaller and my world revolves around making sure the kids are fed at different times and their naps and washing's done and all that stuff that comes with it. I've had to actively fight about my, my kind of life getting smaller and remind myself, like Josh just said, we remind ourselves, keep open house, Katie, keep open house, because the world of the generous, like Josh said, gets larger and larger. 
But so often the world will try and keep us inward looking. But we're called to this. Keep open house even when we don't feel like it. I had a friend recently say to me, Katie, when I get a bigger house, I'm going to have all these people around and I'm going to really do some work. She has very specific things with homeless people and addicts and different um, people groups that she mentioned. And she was saying all these dreams she had to do with these people. But she said, as soon as I get a bigger house. And I looked at her and I said, you won't. And she was a bit taken aback. I said, there's no way you're going to do that because you're not doing any of it now. What makes you think when you get this bigger house, suddenly all that's going to happen? You're not using what you've got in your hands right now that has been placed there by God. And so what are we using right now? How are we doing this? We have to ask ourselves, how are we being generous with our lives right now? It doesn't always look like having loads of people around your house, but what does it look like for you? I had the privilege just this week of meeting a friend. We went for a walk who she has had many over the many years, many unsuccessful rounds of IVF treatment. And it has been devastating. But, you know, she has been generous in opening up her story with me and other friends and allow people to pray with her on that journey. And we went for a walk this week. She is pregnant. She has just come into her third trimester. God is a miracle working God, as Pastor C has already said today. And, and we went for a walk, and she just said to me, oh, it's crazy because you've seen the journey from the beginning. And I've been thinking on it since, and I thought, you know, I bet there's days where she didn't want to keep people updated with prayer requests. I bet there's days she wanted to just go into her own little world and think, I just need to cry about this and be brokenhearted. But she was generous enough to let people in with that, that I have been able, my faith has been stirred as a result of seeing a miracle. She's pregnant with a baby boy who will soon be born. It's amazing. That's why I'm excited about the bat. If you're not coming back to baptisms tonight, just change your plans. Because I'm excited to hear those stories. Because they do, they stir your faith when people are generous with sharing their testament of what God has done in their life. And so if we're here to be light, we must fight this, fight, sorry, this inward focused living. Which, like we've said, has been heightened, hasn't it? By COVID and lockdowns, we've kind of had to get into survival mode. In those cases, we had to get through. But actually, now it's time to come out of survival mode and say, we're going to be people that get back to intentional living. Intentional living. There's a story, um, Matthew 14, and every time I read it, it hits me. It's um, Jesus' probably cousin, but definitely a relative, John the Baptist. It says this, he's just been killed. And it says, John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. And then they went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat to to private and a solitary place. And hearing of this, crowds followed him on foot from the towns. Then Jesus landed and saw a large crowd. Now, I want to think, I know I'm not Jesus, but imagine just right now, if you were Jesus in that moment, you've just heard someone's died and you've withdrawn to this place. You want to seek your father in heaven. You want to grieve in that moment. And suddenly a crowd has followed him. I want to bet that if I was Jesus, I'd be like, I just need space, guys. Give me till tomorrow at least. But it goes on to say this. Um, They followed him. He had compassion on them and healed their sick. I bet Jesus didn't feel like doing that that day. It said they followed him and Jesus had compassion on them and healed their sick. And then it goes on to say, as evening approached, the disciples said to him, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so you can go to the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus replied, you do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. 
And that is when Jesus fed the 5,000, right after hearing the death of his cousin. And so I want to just encourage us, keep open house, even when we don't feel like it. What better inspiration to look at than just that? That Come on, even when we don't feel like it, it's a command. Let's keep open house. Secondly, surround yourself with people who inspire you to love others more. Inspire others, inspire you to love others more. We need friends who will push us on into the things of God. And you might think this is a bit of a, um, what's the word? Oxymoron, no, not contradiction. Contradiction, that's a, that's a strong word, <laughs> to what Josh has just said. But actually, it goes hand in hand, I believe, because we need friends that will inspire us to love strangers. See, Jesus loved the tax collector, but he also had his 12 disciples that he spent a lot of time with. And so do you have friends that push you further into the things of Jesus? Because sometimes in the busyness of life and maybe comfort, we routinely see the same people that we have always seen. There are comfortable people and they say, hey, good job. And we say good job to them and we we kind of breeze through life. Or sometimes we spend a lot of time investing into people that need a lot of help, and these people that we we want to reach and strangers that we want to um, get alongside. But also, as well as that, we're going to need people that will invest into us. We need both. And I want to look one more example in Exodus at the relationship between Moses and his father-in-law, Jethro. Because I had a friendship that I believe we can learn quite a lot from. And it says this in Exodus, Moses' father-in-law heard everything God had done for Moses and his people and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Moses' father-in-law Jethro, along with Moses' wife and sons, came to him in the wilderness where he was camped on the mountain of of God. And so Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. He bowed down and he kissed him and they asked each other how they'd been and went into the tent. And Moses recounted to him father-in-law all that the Lord had done. And then it says this, Jephro rejoiced over the good things the Lord had done for Israel. So Jephro got alongside Moses and he rejoiced with him. He said, hey, I'm going to encourage you. Let's rejoice over what God is doing together. But then it goes on to say, the next day Moses sat down to judge people and they stood around Moses from morning till evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw everything he was doing, he said to them, said to him, what is this thing you're doing for the people? Why are you sitting alone as judge while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? He says, what you're doing is not good. Moses' father-in-law said, you will certainly wear yourself out and the people because the task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. So Jephro had encouraged Moses and then he said, but what you're doing is not good. He challenged him. He got alongside him and he challenged him. And so who can challenge you? Who can challenge you to get outside your comfort zone, to love bigger, to love better? Who, for you, are your Jephros? The word Jephro, the name Jephro, it literally means his excellence. His excellence. So who in your world is pouring out the excellence that God has already placed in you? Who is that for you? And we have two friends that we have given permission to in our life that we've said to them, Hey, if you ever see us drifting or you ever see us stepping outside the things of God, we want you to kind of drag us back into the things of God. We want you, you have full permission to sit us down and say to us, hey, tell us straight, this is not the right direction for you. So who is that for you? Because we need those people that are going to pour into us if we are going to then um, pour out onto other people. 
And who are we going to be Jeffreys for? We have to ask ourselves, who am I going to encourage? Who am I going to um, challenge and pull the gold out of? So who recharges you relationally? Think about that. What relationships maybe drain you and then think we need both. (laughs) We need people both ways. Surround yourself with people who inspire you to love others more. And lastly from me, how we can do this is, I believe this, take what God has done in you and give it away to someone else. Take what God has done in you and give it away to someone else. One of my favorite verses is found in Romans 8, 28. It says, for we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. God wastes nothing. God wastes nothing. And so we need to know who we're called to serve, to reach, to invest in. I'm going to show you a photo right now. This is my dad. Um, This was, he's actually passed away now. This was soon before he died. And my dad was a great man. He taught me many things. He taught me how to love life. He taught me how to haggle a good deal. If ever you um, go to a market or something, I'm the first to kind of haggle a bit because I learned that from my dad. Um, And he was a great man. But he was also an alcoholic. He struggled with addiction. And so I grew up in a single parent home because he left when I was four with just me and my mum. And there were so many days where I longed for that connection with my dad. I would kind of get my stuff ready for him to pick me up on a Saturday and it turns out he had had a drink and would turn into quite a different person when he drank. So he forgot about picking me up. And there was birthdays that I would have where all I wanted was him to say happy birthday. I never got a birthday card often from my dad. Never got a phone call. And I had this longing in me for kind of family, male affirmation that only God knew about. I only kind of uttered that in in my deepest being before I even knew God. It was kind of in there. And when I became a Christian, God restored so much. Thank goodness for the local church. (laughs) Thank goodness for the local church. Because when I came into church, suddenly... I was surrounded by mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and this family that I had longed for. And I want to show you a picture right now. This is a picture last year at Centre Parks, good old Centre Parks, of Josh and Caleb and Pastor Steve, my father-in-law. Don't just take our pastor on holiday with us. (laughs) Also my father-in-law. And this was a moment, I'm no bowler. Okay, you know, like bowling, I I don't do that. I feel like people that have been Christians their whole lives are really good at bowling. Is that a thing? I did win. You're really, maybe it's because you're just my, (laughs) yeah. I'm not good at bowling. But I had just got all these balls, no, what are they called? Skittles. 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 (laughs) Pins. I just knocked them all down. Okay, we've got a point. I just knocked them all down on my second time, which is a miracle if... Yeah, you'd never see me bowl because I'm the person that would probably drop it behind me, all that. But anyway, <laughs> um, and this was, this was Caleb, Josh, and Steve cheering me on in that moment that was captured. And, you know, it was a picture for me in my heart of, wow, God restores everything. A desire that I have had from a child. Now, look, I've got these three guys cheering me on, cheering me on in that moment. And, you know, so now my desire is to create environments where relationships flourish, where we place honor, where family deepens. But that's an easy thing for me because it's just doing what God has already done to me. He has done so much and I'm just giving it away to someone else because I've seen the impact that it's made. It makes it easy. God doesn't place anything ill-fitting on us. And so 
It's not a striving to keep an open house. It's not, a, oh, something we must do. No it's, no, it's something that comes naturally. And the how, it looks different for us all. Right now, we haven't got so many people in our house all the time with bedtimes and all babies and all that kind of stuff. But you know, there's people in this church and Webster, someone I can think of, who has baked cakes for me in moments. I genuinely believe she's got a pathetic cake baking gift because there have been moments where I've been so overwhelmed and she's suddenly I've just got a cake from Ann Webster it's like God how did you know she's baked me a cake to make me feel like wow someone someone noticed me I don't have that gift that's not my gift in fact if I showed up at your house with a cake it would not be a blessing yeah it'd be a curse I'm the person that if you um you have a baby or a new house and you're one of my friends, I order you delivery or I show up with a pizza um, because you don't want me hand making you anything. But anyway, we all have the how is different for us all. Praise God. We all have a different how. And whatever it is for you, I just encourage you, take what God has done in you and give it away to someone else. That's good. So we're coming to the end and I just want to encourage you today. What is it that you're going to be taking from today? Are you going to open your house like you never have before? Do you feel like you've lived a selfish lifestyle that you've retreated through the last few years and you've, you've refocused in a wrong way and you need to refocus your gaze on living a, the big life that Jesus wants for you to live? Have you refused to open your house because you've forgotten there's a world outside? Do you need to reevaluate your friends? Do you look around you and think, actually, my future looks bad because the friends around me are not a good influence on me? Is your future showing you a healthy path or an unhealthy one? And how can you take what God has done within you? Are you keeping that testimony, the goodness of God in your life to yourself? Or are you allowing it to equip you to be someone who can go in and spread the gospel through your every single day living? Just think on those things. Why don't we all stand? We're going to sing together again. I'm going to pray. I just encourage you, let's reflect on that as we sing this final song, which talks about the goodness of God. It talks about how God wants the best for us. It talks about how He is kind. He is great. And let's just let's fix our gaze on Him and think about all the good things that He's done for us. Lord Jesus, I thank You that you have, you have died for me, that You died on the cross, that You defeated death, that we live in that revelation. I pray that we would choose not to live small lives. We choose to rejoice in the fact that we have a God, a King who is interested in us who, and we can have a, a relationship with. But then we wouldn't just keep that to ourselves. That we're people that want to share that through opening our lives up to people, through being bold in our witness and through being people who can share the gospel in whatever situation that we're in. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to give two opportunities right now. Firstly, an opportunity to anyone who wants to say for the first time, I want to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. It will change your whole life. And then secondly, I'm going to give opportunity for people who maybe after today you've realised I've been in survival mode and actually my relationship with Jesus is not the first in my life. But let's pray first for anyone who would love to come into relationship with Jesus for the first time. I'm going to pray a prayer. Let's all pray it as a church family. And if you're praying it for the first time, I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand up at the end so I know who we've prayed for today. So right across this room, let's close our eyes where we are and repeat after me as we pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that you died for me. 
Today I give control of my life to you. I choose to come into relationship with you. Thank you for accepting me just as I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that by the first time today, would you pop your hands up and straight back down? Online, you can just write yes in the comments if that's you. We'd love to get in touch. Anyone in the room praying that? If you prayed that, make sure you come and chat to the prayer team at the end. They'd love to connect you. But first, before we end today's service, I'd love to pray for a second group of people. And maybe today as we spoke, you thought, I've just got into survival mode. I've been sailing along, maybe because of lockdown, maybe because of other stuff. I don't know what it is for you, but your relationship with Jesus is not first. Pastor Steve and Angie, they always say this thing, and it challenges me all the time. They say, don't work for Jesus love him because out of your love for him gosh you're going to do so much don't work for Jesus love him and maybe you've got a bit tired in the busyness of life and Jesus has just become part of your busyness but your love for him is not the same I'm going to pray a prayer right now and if you pray this one there's not going to be a bible or for you or anything at the end unless you want to go get one but I'd love for you to just pop your hand up and straight back down let's pray Jesus, I pray for every person in this room who maybe feels like that today. God, I pray for anyone online who feels like they're drifting. Jesus, today we commit to putting you first in our heart. Lord, we're going to stop working for you and we're going to commit to loving you. God, we thank you that how much comes as a result of us loving you. And and today we love you, Jesus, with our whole heart. We love you first, God. We love you for all you are doing, but we love you just for who you are, Jesus. God, we're sorry when we have let other things get in the way of our relationship with you. And today, God, would you just have your way in us? In Jesus' name, amen. With every eye closed, if you prayed that today, would you just pop your hands up and straight back? Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, it's exciting times to be alive, church. Come on, we've got Jesus. <laughs> we've got Jesus, it's an exciting day to be alive. Right now we're gonna sing another song of worship, then Scott and Zai, our service pastors, will come up to end the service, so let's sing. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.